Hello again, everybody. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb, and this is the Transporter Room, the intersection of sports, transness, sci-fi gaming, all things nerd and geek, and a lot of other stuff. And we have one of our more interesting guests we've seen in our travels coming up, and they have a huge event coming up as well as we sail through November towards Trans Awareness Week and Trans Day of Remembrance. But in the news of the past week, you know, it seems we've said a lot about the doings in Texas and Florida, but when it comes to anti-LGBTQ legislation this year, the state of Tennessee has been standing there saying, hold my beer. In 2021, Tennessee has passed a renewed version of the 2012 Don't Say Gay law that was passed in April, and it allows parents to, quote, opt out of any LGBTQ-related curriculum. In May, Bathroom Bill 2.0 was signed, and that mandated that business put up a sign if they allow transgender people to use multi-purpose bathrooms, locker rooms, and changing rooms associated with their gender identity. They also passed a law that allows school students, parents, and employees to claim monetary damages for, quote, all psychological, emotional, and physical harm suffered if school officials allow transgender people in the bathroom or locker room when cisgender people are present. Can you say Jim Crow? I think you can. Also passed a ban on affirming care for transgender youth, and there was SB 228, which mandates that a student can only compete in interscholastic athletics and the gender that corresponds to their original birth certificate. In other words, a trans student athlete ban. And that was the subject of a lawsuit that was filed late last week by the ACLU and Lambda Legal on behalf of a 14-year-old named Luke Esquivel. He's a freshman at a high school in Knoxville. He just wants to try out for the school's golf team, and this law won't let him do it. He said in a written statement when the lawsuit was filed, quote, to have the legislature pass a law that singles out me and kids like me to keep us from being a part of the team, that crushed me. It hurt very much. I just want to play like any other kid. Now, let's talk about what this is really about. This is about Governor Bill Lee wanting to get reelected in 2022. He wants to make sure that Tennessee's Republican congressional state slate gets reelected. The fastest way to do that, pick on transgender people. But this is going to be an interesting examination because the center of the lawsuit this time is a transgender boy. And you know, transgender boys and men really haven't been talked about much when we're talking about these measures. Now, there's a reason for that. Because transmasculine people don't make a good villain here. They don't sell the agenda. And the people pushing this know it. Once again, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Now, on the upside, congratulations to Washington Spirit forward Kumi Yokoyama. Now, they opened the NWSL season by coming out as trans back in June and affirming, quote, in the future, when I quit soccer, I want to live as a man. But they've become a touchstone in their native Japan, where the LGBTQ rights movement is growing 
They've raised awareness, but they've also met with a great deal of societal and political resistance. On November 1st, Yokoyama proposed to their girlfriend right on the pitch at Audi Field. The response was a resounding yes. And this is in the middle of the playoffs. Now, the Spirit have reached the NWSL semifinals. They meet the Seattle-based O.L. Reign this Sunday, and the Portland Thorns FC will battle the Chicago Red Stars in the other semifinal. The winners advance to the NWSL Championship, high noon on November 20th. And that leads us to our guest this week, who also has a big event on that same day, which is also Transgender Day of Remembrance. A somber day for trans communities around the world. A day where we mourn those lost to anti-trans bigotry and associated violence. But this day has become a day of resistance as much as a day of remembrance. Now, you can thank Brian Bell for the guest this week. They pulled my coat to this person when they had this up-and-comer on LGBT in the ring back in May. And by the way, if you're loving the squared circle and this queer renaissance that's happening in pro wrestling right now, Brian Bell is the analyst and the expert with all the ins and outs. You need to be checking in on the LGBT in the ring podcast. If you can't smell what Brian Bell is cooking, you better ask somebody. You better ask somebody. Now, this week, our guest is the notorious angel, Amber Joe. In 2020, this trans woman, loud and proud, was a rookie from Portsmouth, England, and broke into the professional wrestling ranks and became the first trans woman to compete in one of the United Kingdom's largest wrestling combines. Yes, it happened in the UK, that UK, also known as Turf Island, perhaps one of the most transphobic nations in the industrialized world right now. Despite the COVID shutdown, she's made a comeback. She's been busy, especially in this last month. And on November 20th, she steps through the ropes again, this time for a chance at some history. Immortal Wrestling UK's first ever women's championship. But behind the big time diva persona lies a soft, gentle heart for her community, for her family, and the wrestling she's loved since childhood. Let's beam her up from Portsmouth, England, the notorious angel Amber Chow. Energize. Amber, welcome to the Transporter Room. Hi, So, Amber, first off, welcome to the Transporter Room, and let's just hop right in it. It sounds like you had a rough weekend you're coming off of. I am on the verge of my career. I'm on an all-time high. All-time high. I'm, I had a match last week, and I had another match this week, and it's just been... I've been non-stop wrestling. And I'm loving it. I, I'm loving that, you know, things are changing, especially in an area like Portsmouth. Um, I'm loving the fact that I can show trans representation in an area that was very thing, very transphobic and homophobic. So I'm getting there. Talk about the what happened this past weekend. 30 wrestler shot collar rumble, part of the charity rumble series. 
What went down? How did it go? I got eliminated. I will get my revenge. Don't worry. But um, it went absolutely amazing. I went in there. I kicked butt. And I looked good doing it. That seems to be your M.O. in a lot of ways. How, where did you come up, not only with, where did you come with this persona that says, yes, I am strong, I am a warrior, I will kick your butt, and, but you're going to enjoy my looks every minute that your butt's getting kicked. How did that evolve? I've always been a big fan of women's wrestling uh, before I transitioned anyway. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my... Um, big idols was around China and Beth Phoenix. Uh, these are some very, very strong women. And um, I took, I, I instantly was drawn to them because they were different to the lot of women that were having um, bra and panties matches. You know, they, they had a whole different look to them. What I mean by this is, you know, they wasn't your typical divas. You know, they were very strong, very powerful women who fought like men, and they captivated me. And so the whole body image that they have is what very inspired my strength. And then, you know, nearer to the future, you know, people like Mandy Rose and Paige and even Marie, I mean, like, these are beautiful, beautiful women. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I can look glamorous and be strong at the same time? And so here we are, a new breed of beauty and strength. If nothing else, you've inspired me not to skip arms day. <laughs> <laughs> Never skip an arms day. You've, you've come through these last couple of weeks, you've been wrestling, but I've noticed you've got a grudge match coming up in about three weeks time. So what exactly is going on between you and Bunny Malo? I mean, she's the only one. Unfortunately, it was me. It was originally me and Nightshade and Bunny. Nightshade got injured. Okay, I love Nightshade to pieces. But girl, she was the biggest threat in that match. And so I'm like, okay. And then Bunny... Bunny's just the only one standing between me and becoming the first ever Immortal Wrestling Women's Champion. And, girl, not going to happen. Not going to happen because I know I'm a bit of a drama queen, I'm a bit of a diva, but who isn't these days, right? But not only is it the first ever Women's Championship match to be crowned, um, it's also on the day of transgender remembrance. I'm not only fighting for me, I'm fighting for my entire community. If I understand this right, this match is for the belt. It's for, it's for the immortal belt. And it's going to happen November 20th. Mm-hmm. Then we got to get a scouting report. I need tail of the tape on this one. What is your book on Bunny Malo? She's an amazing worker. I know full well that she, she's going to give me a challenge. And when I'm backed into a challenge... That's when the devilish side of the angel comes out. That's what she needs to watch out for. Um, you know, I'm bigger than her. Uh, I believe we're actually very equally as pretty. She, she's a very beautiful young lady. Um, but it all comes down to size. It all comes down to power. And the angel's just got it. And plus, she has no one in her corner. 
and I'll be having my best friend. Oh, there's some intrigue into this. At one level, I could see you definitely hero, but would do you think at some point we would ever see Amber Joe the heel? I never. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a girl that says it how it is. I'm a girl that does what needs to be done. And if it means I need to cheat, it means I need to cheat. I'm the girl that goes after what I deserve and what I want. And I just know how to get it. Well, take me back to the first thing you desired and you wanted. What made you... What made... What made you decide to even begin this ride? Take me back to 2019. You're in Portsmouth. You were looking and you said, this is what I want. I want that squared circle. How did that, where did this come from? How did it begin? So when I was younger, I, I um, grew up, uh, spent most of my time on a farm uh, with my granddad. And obviously, there wasn't a lot, it wasn't really Wi-Fi and stuff like this. And so we had to have a lot of VHS recordings. And I remember being such an annoying grandchild that I just wouldn't shut up. And so my granddad uh, put on a videotape and went, yeah, watch this. And um, it was WWE. And I fell in love, and I was like, I'm going to do this one day. And so, you know, I I went to school, never told my friends because I always got bullied for liking wrestling, and, you know, it it was so controversial. It wasn't cool, and it was a kid's thing. Um, Um, Now, wait a minute. Did I hear that right? Bullied for liking? Where in the world do you get bullied for liking Um, wrestling? Oh, yeah, in a place where I grew up. <laughs> but yeah, um, and so I shut myself off and still watched it. And because I, I couldn't care, no one can ever take away my love for wrestling. Um, so I, I, I always never, so I never strayed away. Um, from the from the athletic side, I, I played sports. I played football. I played rugby. Um, I did a bit of boxing, and I was on the track team. I played basketball. Like, I, I did a lot, a lot of sports, and um, I also had an interest in acting. Uh, wanted to be an actress. Wanted to be in Hollywood. Wanted my own TV show, and and so like that's when I was like. As a kid, I've always wanted to be a wrestler. And then learning, as you get older, wrestling is all about storyline. Because I used to believe it was real until I was about 15. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's as real as they come, but I mean, you know what I mean. Um, But then I was like, okay, if I want to be an actress, I love wrestling and I want to do sports anyway. No matter whether I was going to be a wrestler or not, it was going to be something in the sports industry that I wanted. It was my passion. Um, I was like, I can have my dream job that I've always wanted as a kid and also have like my backup dream job. And it's just all in one. So it's perfect. 
And then I decided I needed to transition. When did you decide that it's time for me to be who I am? It's time to move forward. Where where did transition play into all this? Um, so I was 13 when I came out. Um, and because I'm very, very open about this, and this is what I'd like my angels, my fans to know that some of them are not alone, is I'm very openly, I have autism. You know, I'm on the mild spectrum of the autism spectrum. Um, and so when I came out, my doctors are like, it's just your special needs speaking, you know, it's just your autism. Um, and I was like, no, 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 no. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a woman. Um, but in the close-knit community that I'm from, they, they're very homophobic. Um, they're not now. I mean, the community is amazing now. Uh, I hope that I was a big part of that change. Um, but yeah, they, they were very homophobic. I got bullied and I had to shut myself off until I was 16. And it was the time when I was in a really dark place because I shut myself. I shut myself off to transition for three years, and you know I was very suicidal. I I didn't love myself anymore because I couldn't be who I am, and I thought that I can't escape um, where I'm from. So the only way of escaping this feeling is you know just ending everything. And I try not to cry right now. I had a really, really big, really big supporter of my auntie Jo, who is no longer with us. Um, and she turned around and told me when my mum was on holiday, you know, if this is what you want to do, this is what you do. Um, she went, I just want to make sure it's not, you know, it's just not a phase. She said, I can see it. It's been a very long time coming. Um, so she said, because I was secretly wearing makeup a lot, and I remember getting caught, and my mum was like, why are you wearing makeup? <laughs> and I was like, I just wanted to play with it, you know. Um, I mean, my mum was never, my mum was never, um, never, never batted an eyelid about it. She just thought I was a gay, a gay man. Um, and unfortunately, as well with my autism, what the doctors tell my mum, my mum was like, oh, okay, maybe it's because I was the very first kid that my mum had with special needs. Um, so my mum's like, okay, maybe it is part of autism um, because I was watching Ugly Betty and Alexis Me came out. And that's what gave me the confidence to be like, mum, I want to be a woman. And obviously my mum just, thought it was just because I saw it on a TV show. Um, so, but my mum, my mum's like now my biggest supporter, and I can't fault her enough. But I confided in my auntie at sixteen, and she bought me wigs, she bought me makeup, she did my makeup. We had a laugh. She gave me my name, and it was everything, everything that I wanted, and I started to. 
become myself very slowly, my family started to be a little more accepting. Um, and then she passed away and I hit rock bottom again uh, because, you know, the biggest supporter that I had has just left me. Um, and then my mum picked up the pieces and she said to herself, if my aunt, if like her sister can do it, she can do it. And I'm her kid. And ever since then, my mum's had my back. And I, I love my mum at Angel. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> I blabber. No, now I'm tearing up a little bit. Is that <laughs> I, I'm trying not to cry. No, that, no, but that's one thing. Might as well just get into this. Is you have this family support that they struggled, but they ended up being strong, and it gave you a lot of roots. What do you think when you're hearing so much of the of what the landscape is like in your homeland right now? Uh, when it just seems like the hate speech is constantly platformed, when it just seems like it's open season on trans folks. There's a reason why they're calling the place Turf Island. How do you feel when you're hearing all these things juxtaposed against the support that you got and the way your family made that evolution, made that step up for you? It's really upsetting. It, um, It hits me hard. Um, but also I know a lot of people don't have the strength that my family had and I know a lot of people don't have the support that I had and and that's what upsets me a lot more, <clears throat> pardon me, and that's what upsets me so much more. Um, and I just want to say, you know, um, my family background are Italian, you know, we're Christian. Um, if they can do it, Anyone can do it. You know, you just need to love and accept your child. You need to love and accept anyone, really, whether um, they're a Muslim, whether they're a black person, whether they're a Christian or a trans girl or a trans man or a gay man. Like, we need to fill the world with so much more love. And, you know, this is something that I'm hoping that I can do. I'm, I changed an area that I was bullied, I was beaten up for being trans. And now my community, like the community that I live in, are very supportive now, are very supportive. Um, it takes time, but it's upsetting. Some of the stuff that I see, some of the stuff that I read. I'm curious, would you like to get Lily Cade in the ring sometime? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. First thought when you saw that play out in the BBC article, if you've read it, and then when this rather macabre manifesto of hers came out, I, I felt physically sick. You know, telling people that we need to be killed, we need to be shot. I mean, and someone that is part of the LGBT community as well. That is what sickened me a lot more. Um, 
And I'm going to say this, and I'm really sorry. I'm a girl that speaks my mind. I don't hide shit. That's exactly, and that's exactly why Brian Bell told me to get you. <laughs> you know, I don't hide shit from anyone. The thing she is saying is like a female lesbian version of Hitler. You know, the way Hitler was like with the Jews, she's like it with trans people. It's disgusting. You know, she's trying to play God with people's lives. You know, um, surely as a lesbian, she should understand. But but that is... I need to calm down. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would definitely, definitely take a swing at a few transphobic people, especially when they say no one deserves to be murdered because they are who they are. We're not predators. And like, when I go into a female bathroom, people are like, you're only in here to spy on the women. I'm like, sweetheart, I'm pretty sure I've liked men since the age of 10. <laughs> like, no offense to other lesbians, you have more chance <clears throat> of being predatorized by a lesbian in your toilet than by me. Like, just because I'm different, you know, I wasn't born a cis woman, you think that it's okay to discriminate, it's okay to hate, it's okay to judge, and not at all, not at all. And a lot of it's because I'm prettier than them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, I see some claws came out, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Those claws came out, huh? I'm no, not, sorry. I, I don't hide anything. You know, I'm an open book. I'm an honest person. No, one thing I do notice in that, like ring in your ring attire, and just about everything you do, the colors are there. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, by the way, um, I need to know there is that. There's one certain outfit. I need to know where you got it. I need to. I need to know if you had it made because I want one. I because I want one. It is like the real, it's the micro mini with the, it's the micro mini with the trans flag patterns down the side. I want to know where you got it. Because like so, I said, I would love to have one. If big, you made it, big, big. I'll buy it. <laughs> big, a huge, big shout out to my, my ring girl, Sue Thompson. Um, she, you know, it's something I did. It's actually something I designed on a computer game. And she brought it to life. Um, Wait a minute, that's, she, that's your Fortnite. Isn't that like your Fortnite character? I saw um, that. It was like my Fortnite character and my 2K20 character. Um, and she brought she brought uh, something that I envisioned on because I'm I'm a really shit drawer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've been a wrestling fan better than like longer than I can draw. So when I design gear, it's always on like 2K20. <laughs> um, but no, this girl, this this woman is so talented, um, and she made it. Um, so unfortunately, it's a one-off. Well, but if I I'm gonna... ever, if Sue, I, ever I want retire, one. <laughs> if, if I ever, you know. Um, Touch metal, it, it won't happen for a very, very long time. But if I ever am forced to retire, then it's something that I'd sell. Well, 
I'm going to tell you what. I got a better yeah, idea. Exactly. Sue, make more it, of those. I'd like to give it away to someone. Um, see, a lot of people are like, don't use my name or don't use my move. Don't wear my old gear if you want to be in wrestling. For me, the Notorious Angel isn't just one person. The Notorious Angel is anyone that, you know, feels like they didn't fit in. And, you know, if I ever was to retire, I'd like someone to take that nickname. You know, I'd like another trans girl to pick that up, to carry on what I hope will be a legacy that I'm, I want to leave behind in British wrestling. And, you know, to wear that gear, to wear it with pride, to be, to inspire those that I help to inspire. <clears throat> I want them to pick up where I left off. My name isn't just my name, it's everyone's name. Amber Joe's my name. The Notorious Angel is just the nickname. It's everyone. A good number of trans athletes tend to kind of shy away from that. They don't want to show too much. Like, yes, I'm trans, but I don't want to show too much. You put them up front. Mm -hmm. What led you to make that decision to say, no, not only this is who I am, I'm going to show you who I am. So, we don't see it. You know, there, I mean, I believe it or not, like, you know, Amber Kortopasi, me speaking now, because you, you can tell the difference when I'm very confident I'm the notorious angel, when I'm a bitch I'm the notorious angel, when I'm very humble and very loving, I'm Amber Kortopasi, you know. Amber Kortopasi is a trans woman. The notorious angel isn't, but she's a trans advocate. She's a trans ally. You know, the person behind the mask is trans. And so, if I can, you know, because storyline, you know, I'm, I wasn't, uh, I didn't want, you know, anyone to bring up I my mean, gender identity. I just wanted them to see me as a woman when I'm in the ring. But I also wanted people to see what I represent. And so I'm like, you know what? We need our colours flown, especially in the UK. Uh, it's very, very, very little of us. And so I took that step. I took that big risk, and I knew that some people aren't going to like it. Um, you know, as last night, I had some transphobic hate from some crowd, and all I did was give them the middle finger and said, I am who I am, and walked out that curtain. You know, I knew what I was going to put myself in for, but I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for a community that needs the representation, especially in the sports industry. You've probably heard about some of the things that are happening, especially in the United States. It seems like some very powerful people are picking on trans kids. Fucking leave them alone. You arrogant bastard. Leave them alone. Let them grow up, find themselves, and be who they are. They're not hurting you. They're not hurting your ch perfect little fish children. They're being themselves. Okay? A lot of hate is because they're scared. They don't understand. But it's okay. It's okay not to understand. I never, I never understood um, gay men or lesbians or you know trans people and 
you know, I'm part of that community because I was closed off from it. But I learned, I learned and I did research and I met people. And hey, I became a trans woman myself. <laughs> and that was because I was left to just find myself. You know, and this is what you need to do. You need to let these kids find them, find who they are. Yep, that's the noise. You know what it means. We're going to give some love to our sponsors. But when we come back, Amber Joe is planning her heir apparent, and she's picked a side in the civil war behind Star Wars. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Transporter Room. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb, along with our guest, professional wrestler, the notorious angel, Amber Joe. By the way, Auntie Amber, what, what's it like knowing that there's going to be a future generation who could be picking that mantle up one day? Because I'm looking at the picture right now of you and your niece. And your niece so looks like your cry. manager. And your niece looks like your manager in this shot. My niece is my everything. Which one? Oh, that one. That's gorgeous. <laughs> Sorry. My my niece is my everything. Um, she's one of the reasons why I do what I do because I see the love and the passion that she has for wrestling, and it's like looking back at me. When I was that age, and um, you know, when when people ask her about her auntie Amber, she says, "My auntie Amber is a professional, is a wrestler, and she's the best." And I cry. Um, and it's something that my niece wants to get into. So when she's old enough, I'm going to be taking her training and be like, "You know what, baby girl? It's going to be me and her face of the world." She's my future tag team partner, you know. She's the only girl that's ever going to take away any championships I hold. <laughs> you designed your, you designed one of your ring outfits on 2K20. Now, does Amber Joe actually hit the court in QK20? And if so, what team is she playing for? K2K20, I meant WWE 2K20. Okay. Um, where I designed my gear. But yes, I do play NBA 2K20. And girl, I'm a Lakers. One thing, you're a gamer. So yeah. what are you grooving to right now? I groove with a lot of people right now. Fortnite. <laughs> That's I, another um, one. You built your own character on that too. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just waiting for. Like, you know, um, I had someone designed it, and I'm just waiting to get famous enough for, you know, um, EA. It's EA. Gosh, is me thinking about our bloody basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, just waiting for the Fortnite uh, people to have a look. Be like, okay, she's famous. She has a message. Let's put her in the game. 
I don't know. I could I could see Rockstar yeah. doing that Amber Joe game. You're into the superhero mythos. And you're kind of like a unicorn in that you like DC and Marvel. You have to put together a card for yourself here. A Marvel character you'd wrestle and a DC character you'd wrestle. Would you, would you like one male, one female? From doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Pick one from each. I know you take on all comers. I saw the training footage. A man from DC. I'm going to have to go Superman. I want the big guy. A woman from DC. I'm going to go with my all-time favorite DC villain. Bloody Poison Ivy. Oh, okay. See, now, that's a fight I'd want to see. You would need, you need some backup for that. You need some backup for that because you know Harley Quinn's in that corner. Oh, of course. You know Harley's in that corner, so you gotta you gotta have someone in your corner. This that's gotta be a tag team death match at that point. Then you play mind games with little Miss Harley Quinn and get the Joker involved. Ooh. You went there you went there. You went there. Um from Marvel. Okay, a man from Marvel, again, taking out the big guys will be Thanos. Me and Thanos. Your confidence knows no bounds. <laughs> Thanos reminds me of Braun Strowman, okay? And I have had the dream of wrestling Braun Strowman since he came about. And, like, he has been my dream match forever. Like, you know, he is my dream opponent. A male, uh, Marvel, Thanos, female. Now, this is a tough one because there are so many. There are so many. There's, I'm just going to list them. There's Rogue. Okay, wait, yeah. stop. Why Rogue? That's an, in, that's an interesting match there. She's one of my favorites. Um, one of my favorite characters, but also I think, I think if I ever had any sort of fight with Rogue, I feel like we'd have a fight with respect to each other, even though I win, and then we'll become a kick-ass tag team. <laughs> yeah, but one problem with wrestling Rogue, you can't touch Rogue. <laughs> I'm too far for her. Yeah, but how are you going to get her down? Because you know she touches you, she's taking your energy. How how are you going to fight, how are you going to negotiate that? See, here's my theory, right? Is when she right. wears gloves. Okay, so when she wears gloves, she can't do that. So I'm coming out in a full bloody cane or gold dust suit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she ain't touching me. But why wow, you want to take Thanos? Take the bigger. Is that kind of like, is, is in a sense, is that kind of like a, a life philosophy for you? Take the biggest one right out of the gate. You know, back in back in like the Viking era or the Tudor times, you take out the king, you become the king. Everyone else falls in line. That's the attitude that I like to have because I like to see myself as a queen. I like to see myself as the queen, not only of British wrestling but of all professional wrestling so if i need to take down and have this really big army behind me 
I'll take down every big person there is. First, you gotta feed the Star Wars fan in you. You're brought to the you're brought to like this big celestial lot and they say, Okay, I'm gonna hand you the keys to any Star Wars vehicle. What would you take? Star Destroyer. Okay, and that's you are the first person I've asked that question to who took something imperial. Why a star destroyer? Because I am part of the dark side, honey. I I I just am. I am. Oh my god! Um, plus, it's one of my favorite ships. <laughs> well, one thing it's a very it's intimidating. It's oh, yeah. A, it is intimidating. But Very dark, much like my personality sometimes. <laughs> but, the, but the dark, and also another one, you are the first one to, see, that's the thing, you're the first person who's actually taken anything Imperial who's just owned, the, who's just owned their inner Sith. Oh, That's very, I'm very a, different. I'm a Sith Lord. 100% I'm a Sith Lord. Oh, so does that mean you're going to get Darth Maul's double blade? Could we see that? <laughs> But you know what? I think it will look really cute with my hair. <laughs> See, I'm the exact opposite. I would be taking my X-Wing and trying to attack you with it. <laughs> then you're going to get blown up. You got can't hit what you can't see. <laughs> can't, you can't. Rem, remember, remember, they're evading our turbo lasers. You got to get us ship to ship. Get the crews to their fighters. What is it going to mean for you to climb into those ropes? On November 20th. Uh, and go for that belt. Knowing what that day represents. Win, lose. Gonna win. <laughs> Sorry, Bunny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very confident. Um, I promise I'm a bit... I promise I am humble. Humble, I don't even know the word. No, I'm joking. Um, win or lose, it doesn't matter because... It's the first time that this company has had a trans woman. It's on Transgender Day of Remembrance. I'm wearing my trans gear. I'm flying, like, you know, I'm in a, another city. I'm in another place showing that trans women can be professional wrestlers, especially in England, showing that who we are doesn't stop us from achieving our dreams. So win or lose, I won the war. I've won the battle. Um, but winning the belt, if and when, if and when, I win the belt, I'm showing that you know, all your dreams and all your aspirations in life can come true. You just you, you know, you need to work for it. Uh, it doesn't. It didn't come easy. I, I worked from the bottom all the way to the top. You know, I've been called one of the fastest growing stars in professional wrestling, especially in the young career that I have. And so, winning that belt is like me saying, the trans community has got this. You know, I'd be doing exactly what Nyla Rose did. I'd be doing it in the UK. And that's when I say about carrying on a legacy, I'm, I really, really hope that 
what I'm doing is what Nyla Rose Legacy is doing in the States. I'm, she basically just gave me a torch, you know, because I owe it all to her and Mariah that they gave me the torch to bring it over here. And so I just hope that they're very proud and I hope that any other trans woman in the UK can see this, especially if they want to wrestle, and let the championship be a symbol of hope, of inspiration, you know, to give them confidence. It could be a time when you you say you're a queen, that could be the night you get your crown. It's Should you win the day, what do you think it's going to feel like? It's, I know I'm gonna be. I know I'm gonna do what I need to do, and if um if I win, I know I'm gonna go backstage and I'm gonna cry. But you know what? I'm gonna do first. I'm gonna hug my niece and let her hold the belt and say, "This could be you in the future." And that's what I'm gonna do. You know, um, my best friend Curtis will tell you. My my niece is wrestling mad. She always says it's what she wants to do. And so with doing that, I hope that she'll... I know she's young, she's only three. But I know that you should look back at that moment and be like, my auntie says I can do this. She believes in me, I can do this. How much of an impact do you hope that makes on the trans community in the UK, especially to trans youth? I hope that, you know, with winning this, you know, um, if I was to win this title, as I said before, it, you know, it's going to be a symbol. It's going to be like the Superman, you know, people are going to see that symbol and people know there's hope. And it's going to be the exact same for the trans community when they see a picture of me with this championship and a picture of my logo. And my logo, uh, let me let me dive into that quickly. I designed my logo um, solely on the Superman, the idea of Superman's logo. You know, Superman is hope. And um, so I designed my logo with the gay pride colors as my angel wings. And then inside the A is the trans colors. For me, that's a symbol of hope. Um, so when people see that logo, when people see me holding that championship, the trans kids and the trans youth and the trans teens are going to look at that and be like, this is who we look up to. This is what we want to get to. And this is proof that we can do anything. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. The match is on November 20th. We're looking forward to see how it plays out. The Notorious Angel, Amber Joe, thank you for gracing us with your presence, Your Highness, here at the Transporter Room. And yes, we want you back. We want you back often. Uh, and oh, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to get, get the next Gen Xbox. I want your gamer tag. We're doing this. Yeah. We're doing this. We're doing this. We'll oh, yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. But no, 
thank you for being on the podcast. We knew you. (laughs) The pleasure was all ours. I'm looking forward to that match on November 20th. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm joking. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm going to beam you back, beam you back down to Portsmouth. I know you got a lot of work to do to get ready for this championship match. Energize, beaming you back down. And thanks to the notorious Angel Amber Joe for being on the podcast this week. And thanks to all of you for being a part of the Transporter Room. And if there's something you like about our podcast, something you want to see, something you want to say, Leave a message on our Twitter, leave a message on our Facebook, and leave a message on our new Instagram presence, Transporter Room 10 Forward. It's important that you do that because everything I do here at the Transporter Room, I do it for you, the people who support us. And that's the podcast for this week. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. Live long and prosper and steady as she goes. I'll see you next week.